You're listening to SuperPod, the no-filter MSP show presented by SuperOps.ai, where we go behind the scenes with today's top MSP owners and experts and get to know what they are really doing to evolve their business. Hi, everyone. This is Arvind Pathiban. Welcome to SuperPod, the no-filter MSP show. Today, I have a very interesting guest. He has been helping MSPs achieve growth for over two decades. He has seen the full spectrum of marketing, which evolved from IT, and he has seen the whole MSP evolution for almost two decades. He runs a firm called Marketing Breeze, and in his own words, he is the breeze in it. So without further ado, welcome, Michael Breeze. Thanks, Alvin. Delighted to be here and looking forward to chatting through MSP marketing with you today. Awesome. I'll jump right into the first question, right? So I always ask this, right? Especially me being a marketer and I've been doing marketing for almost 15 years now. I've always seen this in my journey and I wanted to ask a fellow marketer as well. So so you, we all know that in the early 2000s, technology was tougher, like building a product. For me, building a SaaS company was tougher. There was no, we had to have a data center. Technology was tougher. Same goes with MSPs. Learning technology was tougher and getting tech guys were tougher. Marketing was fairly easy because it was not so crowded, right? So we used to bid for Google AdWords for less than a dollar. And when we send an email, we used to get a response immediately, right? Today, we have to send hundreds of email and we don't get a single response, right? The market has been flooded with a lot of marketing initiatives, be it MSPs or anything, right? What is your take on the whole evolution of this space and how do you think marketers like us should adapt and evolve? Great question to start start (laughs) with. My take on it would be that obviously digital marketing has been a a trend for quite some time now. Some companies have jumped on on it early pretty much in in the last year or so. Then every company has been had to embrace digital marketing because they haven't uh, face-to-face element of marketing has been 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 taken away what's that what that's created over time as more and more people go down the digital route and particularly now where that is pretty much the number one route to your customers and your prospects is very crowded and busy platforms of noise and people being communicated with hundreds if not more times by different brands on any different day so i think what's happening now is sort of creating your own competitive advantage and standing out where with your prospects is becoming harder people tending to engage with the people that they trust and then have that relationship with so creating that trust and building that relationship becomes paramount to then have open open in the conversation you're seeing probably that people are more related to i don't know brands with personality or brands that bring in the people particularly in a B2B environment, bringing in the people of your organization is really important. Now people don't really relate so much to the logo. Yes, once they start using that product, there will be a level of recognition or engagement, but it takes time and it's the people part of it that's really having the effect. So a lot of people, people always talk to me about how do we get more more leads and they wanted to always want to talk about lead generation versus like brand awareness because there's a really 
real stigma around brand yep. awareness that it's just my sort of money down money down the drain that you're just telling people about you and it hasn't got a tangible return what i try and talk about is growth marketing where you're bringing your elite generation or creating a a sales funnel together with brand awareness activities that drive your growth and a big part of that is the personalities and the people in your organization engaged with alongside your marketing function no absolutely i totally agree right it's not marketing is not just about getting leads right it's about making sure they convert building that trust right getting to the top of the funnel is one thing but conversion multiple touch points everything matters the brand like i always say this right when you go to an event and you see almost 70 vendors selling the same thing with the same pitch but the human brain only remembers two brand like if they walk out of that event and if they remember you then you have a very good marketing story right so i totally agree with you so it's more than just generating lead marketing is it is an emotion of the brand I've always seen this one particular this always been in my head especially with MSPs and being a marketer myself like I feel that and I want to change that this is my wish to change right I always see MSPs are looking for templates they want a templated browser templated email templated content right the room for creativity is lost or at least to stand out is lost like everywhere wherever I see in the groups or forums and community people i i think it's been an ugly heel for the space and everything has been templatized do you think that is helping msps or do you, do you think that has to change i get why they come from that from that point of view then if you look at it from like creating processes and efficiencies around like your help desk and clients and things like that it makes perfect sense related it into marketing it makes sense to like a certain degree there's so much of marketing where you can use a use a process and put in like the right technology stacks and things things like that to support growth efficiently the other part of it though is creative and emotional connection yeah. which you you can't really template you've got to look at the individual environment and go what's this business about what are the usps how can we who are our competitors how can we stand out in the market and that's really an emotional and a creative process you can take some techniques into that and some experience yeah. from the, from the past but i think it, you need to take you need to look at each individual environment in its own unique way not to try and just roll out the same thing again because that's been been done if i tried to write say the harry potter books again and just put them out there no one would want to read them because they've been done <laughs> that's been done and that, that's what how i would view as like the, the storytelling part of communicating the value of of a business to prospects and customers is is unique and it needs a creative approach applied to it no i totally agree it doesn't take too much time to get a little personal to we have to do a little bit of research about the person you are sending mail to like even instead of sending a mail why don't you send a handwritten note or send them a, their favorite like even if it's chocolate we we once got a very good response when we actually sent a craving of cho- chocolate with their name saying that we want to do business with you and like we got an immediate response right so it yeah. just go, we, we didn't have, we have to do an additional step it's in the the other person who's receiving the email or who is an instead of looking at them as a bot we have to look at them as a human that's where it goes to so i think soon i think the market is picking up to get much more personal and making real connection with the customers so 
I have to ask you this: like, if you were to hire a marketer today, like, what what would be the qualities you look in a marketer? And like, if for the audience, can you help them out with the kind of questions you will ask them in the interview? Okay, so I think I mean the type of marketer you 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 hire depends on the again depends on the environment that you're in. So say so you're going in and it's like a greenfield environment that hasn't been any marketing people there before. You would look at like what are you looking to achieve from that that marketing department and what's sales requirements, what sort of leads, and do people know who the company are or the or salespeople phoning up and saying this is. Johnny from XYZ MSP and the prospects going who then it's uh, those type of things what are the objectives because then that defines the tactics that you're you're looking to deploy and then you would then look at what you need from a marketer in that as a sort of a broad brush then I always hire people with like strong what I would say strong digital creative skills to start with so i'm looking for someone that can create standout images or create like cool cool videos is good with the sort of marketing tech etc can can get stuck into an email system or whatever and pretty much if you put them in front of it for for a little bit of time they'll figure out how to do it so if you're looking for your first sort of person it's that sort type of person that i i look to put alongside alongside myself so Right. And I always also see this. There is a, we very rarely get a marketer who can be really good at analytical and also can be good at creative, right? That, that breed is very rare. Like either yeah. they're really good at digital marketing, bidding and analytics and things, and, or they are really good at content writing, writing a good storytelling. These are two different skill sets, right? Like a brand marketer, content marketer on the one side, digital analytical on the other side. I've never seen one marketer do it all like there are rare i'm not saying there are cases you have not found but like do you hire one marketer or do you split the function when it comes to hiring for an organization yeah again i i, I think that that relates to what your overall objectives are because it depends on the amount of, uh, like budget you've got to to achieve, achieve your goals and you'll be right in saying that like, most marketers will have a particular discipline that they're skilled in and someone that's skilled in like, creating really good good ads and winning customers in that way is different from someone that can write a really good blog. So you can find people early on that have got multiple skills. So quite very rare that you'll find someone that can do pretty pretty much everything. So whilst you're like build building it out, if I look at say my say my example with like Data. When we're building out the mayor team, then I went in to start with to lead that up. Sort of three months later, assistants came in who had strong creative writing abilities and an email. Then we added in the sort of digital graphic person on, on the side of that. By sort of the end of sort of three years that we've been there, there was a team of like nine with like specialists in lots of di- different areas. That's quite extreme growth. So I wouldn't imagine <laughs> any or many MSBs getting to that, that that stage. But the process you go through would be be the same of thinking about, I'm looking to achieve this objective for my marketing. These are the things that I want to put in place. I want to put in regular content program i want adwords to reach out i want like a linkedin program etc what skills do i need from that how much is the budget to do that do i bring that in-house or do i 
totally outsource it? Do I have a split approach? And that will probably develop over time as well. Then year one would be different from year two and year three as you, you adapt and scale as you achieve success. Brilliant. If you're listening to Superpod, the No Filter MSP show, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. It helps us bring more amazing guests, improve discoverability, and more importantly, acts as a push for our team to produce more quality interviews. Tweet or send us a screenshot of your review, and we have a surprise gift coming your way. Perfect. So I'm sure many would have asked this, and I should ask this as well, right? So we've all seen the whole world go upside down with this pandemic and the way we do business completely changed. A lot of trend, new trends came in. We adapted. Good. We are almost at the end of the tunnel, right? So now, where do you see there are certain trends which are supposed to stay with us even after the pandemic? Certain things will go back to normal, like maybe events industry, right? We'll go back to events, start going to attending events after a while. But there are certain things which are supposed to stay with us, which, which we learned, which accelerated the way we used to do business, right? What do you think, what are the trends do you think which are going to stay with us? What are the trends you think will change after the pandemic? Yeah, I would say, I think like the face-to-face events side of things, and I totally agree with you there. there there'll be a great desire for people to get back and, and meet up once it's sort of, people deem it safe, safe to do so. So say that human elements will, is people are, are craving, craving that. So events is a natural extension from that. There's, Probably where I've got question marks around would be large scale industry. Like if you look at the big expos, I'm yep. not sure. I'm not sure they will come back in the same shape or form as they they were previously. I think a lot of them were hanging on as a bit of a relic of, of the past anyway, and people almost did it because they felt they had to had to be there. I can see certainly many of them fought falling or being being casualties of this and people just thinking well actually I didn't actually get that much from it and it hasn't harmed my business not doing it so now I won't do it I think the smaller scale events where the networking side of things is really important as well as the content side of things and smaller scale sort of expo alongside I think they'll come back stronger than the the bigger events I think obviously did digital uh, will continue to be in there I think it's yeah people finding a way to stand out in that, that environment well it's will we'll, we'll still be in there the digital events as well then people putting more time into thinking about how they create a really strong customer experience at a digital event will be something that progresses and probably the uh the amount of usage that so digital event platforms have, have have will hopefully drive. They're, they're obviously getting good revenue in from that, and hopefully they're investing a good amount of that back in the research and development. And you start to see that experience being developed further. And there's like cool new ways of like replicating that or taking having a almost not not really replicating the face to face type thing, but creating a stronger experience digitally when you when you're doing those events perfect and i have to ask you this right there has always been a very very thin line of acceptance when it comes to mqls versus sqls right 
So there's always not been a clear clarity of always sales either say that this lead is not completely qualified and marketing always arguing it, no matter which industry is, the argument always goes. So I want to pick your brain on how in this MSP space, you like, is there any specific rule or some kind of formula which you actually deploy in your, when you help out an MSP on how to define the NQLs and SQLs? No, I suppose I, I take the systems I've used in the past as a sort of a structure and the process of doing that, and then just apply it into the environment of the business that I'm work, working in. So it's, if you're looking at like MQLs, then obviously a number of ways that you can gener- generate leads, whether it's people attending webinars or downloading content, etc. It's really aligning the agreement of what a lead is with, I suppose, the person that's taking on that lead. So in, in the sales function, if, you, if you've got like a multiple step sales organization where you've got sales development and account managers, or you've just got one person, it's like talking to those people and having the conversation, saying, defining what an MQL is, what the different stages of the funnel are, and then really viewing that as the starting point. And it's that ongoing talking as a team about what what's good what's working what what are we also don't sort of purely bucket them in like nqls and whatever it's almost thinking about what are we learning about our our prospects and our customers as as we go through it as well i like to talk about almost an intelligence engine as opposed to a lead generation funnel because it's so you learn a lot about you're almost you're looking at when is the right time to have the conversation with the prospect and if they if it say it's a whole managed service contract then there'll be a renewal or a period of time or certain pain points and it's really learning through the process what are those key points for the, that potential customer or, or client so that you can tailor your marketing around what their needs are so you're not sending them stuff they don't want you're talking to them about things they do want at the right time so that's how i like to look at it oh, i totally agree and i also have an interesting question for all the founders who do their marketing for the first time like the founders of msps who take the journey of zero to a million dollar by themselves and they wear the marketing and sales hat though they are tech folks right so in your journey you would have seen the obvious mistakes founders do when it comes to marketing and sales like do you want to like enlighten the for the new founders like what are the obvious mistakes you should you can avoid when you're doing marketing and sales yeah then i suppose i always i think that the key one is when they want to step from doing it themselves to having someone else do it for them it's a very difficult process for people to go through in and being able to most people struggle with that letting go yeah. <laughs> process <laughs> they've got to go through that letting go process so it's working out how they do that the most effective way a lot of that is like relating it back to where do they want to take the business so they've got it to a million pounds in in x period of time then how quickly do they want to grow in the next three years yeah. sort of yeah. will then dictate what level of investment they can make in their marketing so then that can be that can then allow you to look at whether the decision is do you hire internally or do you like outsource i'll always recommend around marketing wherever possible if you've got reasonable growth aspirations hire a marketing person early because it takes time for 
marketers to mature in an organization, particularly if you're hiring at a more at a, a more junior level in that type of environment where they're going to be like mentored by the founder. They've got the vision, they know know what they need someone to support them getting things done and building that up. And hopefully that person then grows with the business to become a manager or whatever further down the line and hire that person early so that they can learn about the business and learn about the uh, environment that they're marketing in, into because that knowledge takes a lot of time to accrue. Totally agree with you. I have something special planned for you. I have a rapid fire round. I want you to answer quickly and not think like whatever comes to your mind. first. Right? Yeah. It's going to be a mix of marketing questions and personal questions. Right? Uh-huh. I'm going to start with an easy one. David Beckham, John Terry, Steven Gerrard. Pick one. It's an easy one. I'm a Liverpool <laughs> fan, so even Gerard every day. Right, so that was an easy one. What's your biggest marketing pet peeve? Biggest pet peeve would be what's that? I suppose the thing that, that can annoy me sometimes is when people think of marketing, then the conversation quite quickly goes into like how do you create a good video how do you create a nice blog then how do you make things look look good it always goes into the tactics or the activities of doing the marketing then sometimes that annoys me because people haven't stepped back and thought about the message that they're communicating strongly enough before they jump into they want to do the communications before they've thought about what they want to tell people I sort of I was liking it to sort of say someone just jumped out at you in the middle of the street and started talking to you about something random then you wouldn't you wouldn't engage back to them you need to understand the right way to communicate to that person where 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 would be the right right place where would be the right time what are their interests etc so I'm always being kind of stepping back and understanding the USP and the, getting the messaging right before you then define what the best way of communicating Perfect. And if you were to pick one marketing tool, that's your favorite marketing tool, it can be a software or whatever it helps you for better marketing productivity, which tool would it be? Biggest tool then. At the moment, then in Marketing Breeze, then those I'm using, so for the website, I'm using WordPress and a theme called Divi. So I've got a big, big fan of, fan of that. I've just started going through like email platforms and, and such such like. I'm, I'm using MailerLite at the moment, which is working really well for me in the context of the business where it is at the moment. So simply when I'm advising people, then I always say that decision's quite is unique for the business as well. Then I mean, I, I've in different businesses, I've used dot mailers and actons and marketos and you know, different CRMs, etc. So I always think about it in the context, but they're the ones that are helping me and my business the most at the moment. Perfect. And I'll ask a fun one and then go into the next product question. Beer or scotch? Definitely beer, not, not a scotch person. <laughs> That's an obvious again. What is your biggest productivity? hack like even in pandemic you have to like work from home and like what has been keeping you efficient what is your biggest productivity hack 
I guess it's just a few words. It's like, keep things simple. Like in marketing, I'm massively interested in lots of different areas and like the technologies and things like that. So for me, it would be so easy just to get pulled into down the rabbit hole of learning about them, etc. But that doesn't doesn't help me develop my business. So I sort of just live by the mantra of keep it simple as it needs to be to get the next results and, and get to the next stage that I want to be in. So. Perfect. And I have one last question and we ask this question to every guest at Superpod. So if you were to recommend the next guest for the show, who will you recommend? I'm going with a mate and it's a guy called Chris Tate, who you, you may know runs like totally MSP and the Tate Talks podcast as well. Just, I always find him a fountain of information around MSP technologies, growing MSPs, et cetera. And yeah, he's a damn nice bloke. Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. Michael, it's been a pleasure having you today at Superpod. It's been really great discussing with you on the trends and marketing and looking forward to work with you again and doing one more podcast or a few more in the upcoming time. Thank you so much once again. And thanks for being on Superpod. Yeah, thank you very much. It's been great talking to you.